Right, all right. It's Real Life, Real Equity with your hosts, Justin and Keisha Brooks. Welcome to the show. Our goal is to share with you real life examples of entrepreneurs who are winning in both life and business. As real estate investors, our mission is to model, educate, and inspire you to act by sharing easy to implement tools, ideas, and information to add more worth to your net worth, more cash to your cash flow, helping you achieve your goals in less time. Welcome to the show. Welcome back to the show, everyone. This is part two of our interview with our amazing guest from last week. If you didn't catch the show last week, definitely go back. It was a phenomenal show. This is going to be what we consider to be a trend. We have had some phenomenal guests in the past. Yes. And we found ourselves editing down to get to a certain amount of time. We have a rule with ourselves. If we can get our podcast to a commute time, which is typically 20 to 30 minutes in most cities, then we can get you value during your drive. Well, we've had some amazing guests. Yes. And we felt like it would only do us more justice to share with you as much as we possibly can. So 25-minute segments is probably going to be the new norm. And we'll probably have more part twos and maybe even a part three if we get somebody that's just really long-winded or even just has a lot to share, right? (laughs) Yeah, we definitely don't want to lose the value that is being implemented here. Our goal is to always give you that value as it comes. And so just in case you missed who our guest was, we just want to highlight that for you right now here real quickly. All right, so just like last week, our guest worked in Silicon Valley since graduating from Santa Clara University 20 plus years ago. And as you know, he wasted his 20s and found real estate investing and more specifically buy and hold rentals and he never looked back. Long story short, cut to the end, he ended up self-publishing his book available on Amazon called One Rental at a Time and he's proclaiming the message of One Rental at a Time via his YouTube channel called the same, One Rental at a Time. Ladies and gentlemen, Michael Zuber. You hit on something that I, uh, I wanted to bring back up. And, and I hate to, to, to really digress back towards what you were talking about, but man, it, it hits something, a nerve. And I really want to bring this back up so our audience can get the grand scope of it. You said the average tenure in your single family home is eight years. Yeah. Average yep. tenure in your apartments is two and a half or two? Two and a half. Two and a half years. So being a landlord, having been a landlord, and then understanding the gravity of what you said after that. Rent turns kill, mm-hmm. can kill your month, and they can for sure kill your year. Mm-hmm. And not only that, the deferred maintenance piece that people mm-hmm. do not take into account when they buy a property mm-hmm. can destroy your performa. And if you all did not catch that, that right there, if you're getting ready to get into real estate investing, is a like a huge golden nugget because yeah. I remember running, I'm a numbers guy too. I ran so many performers and spreadsheet numbers trying to figure out what these guys were talking about because at one point we had to replace a deck on one of our houses <laughs> and the deck ate everything for the last two years. Yeah, And we're just sitting here like, well, how are these guys really growing their portfolio <laughs> if, if, you know, a deck can eat away at two years worth of cash flow. Yep. And yep. so, I couldn't understand it. So that is a huge nugget right there. So take that into account. Eight years for a single family, two and a half for an apartment. You run out the numbers based off of your individual situation. And I'm still a big fan of of bigger. But what you said is absolutely true. People are going to face 
especially on the LP side, they're going to face a, a reset in financing. Yep. And a lot of the GPs that are out there right now aren't necessarily going to be in the position to refi and get the numbers that they project to get for their LPs. Yeah. So let's just, so first and foremost, I, I agree with you 99% of the time. And frankly, <laughs> 14 of my 15 years, I, agree, I think you're right. Bigger is better. The numbers yeah. just mean that. But what I have seen today is very much what I experienced in 07 with houses. Yeah, right? there we go. Yeah, yeah. In 07, everybody and their brother was getting a loan. And I remember vividly people flipping contracts for houses that weren't built yet and making 20 to 30 grand. Because oh, Countrywide wow. and IndyMac were giving liar loans to anybody that was willing to sign their name. And what's happening today is very similar just in a different asset class. In today's environment, everybody is chasing multifamilies via syndication and the bigger is better mantra. And they are beyond price for perfection. Beyond. That's it. That's okay. So we are on the same page. I'm glad we got to clarify because that is exactly true. And so if you're listening to this and you're a syndicator, because we got a lot of syndicator friends and we got a lot of apartment friends and some of we know mutually, um, Mm -hmm. we're not saying that bigger is not better. But what we are saying is if you're getting started in this game and your first thing is a syndication and your first thing is a 500 unit apartment complex, I would strongly suggest, even if you have a mentor, getting like 10 and really thinking about what you're going through and getting ready to get into. Because what you're talking about, Michael, and what, what it is that we're seeing in the marketplace from an experience perspective, you're right. Like this, this whole thing is coming to a, a head and it's not going to be uh, like 07 per se with the single family. But like you said, it's going to be the multifamily that's going to suffer. And, and it's yeah. not necessarily going to be all multifamily asset classes, but I believe it's going to be uh, the financing piece that's going to catch everybody off guard. Yeah. So this is what's going to happen from somebody who lived, survived and prospered in the last crash. There we go. Here's what happens. There is an asset class that the herd, right? That's the newbie investors get excited about. In 07, it was single family homes. Today, it's bigger is better. Here's the rub, again, from a guy who has been there. In 07, it was a financing bubble, right? So everybody can get a loan. There's not very much skin in the game. And the laws said, hey, I'm going to loan on this house in most states. And if you don't pay your bill, I'm going to take your house back. So guess what? The financing had to take the house back. And then they don't want to keep the assets, so they sell it. And then there's too much inventory, no buyers, and prices crash. Okay, so if today I'm proposing that it's multifamily, this is what's going to happen. First and foremost, if you've ever done a multifamily deal, which we bought some and still own some today, there are no joke on financing. They actually require you to have skin in the game. Most of the time, 30% equity, sometimes 40% equity. So what's going to happen? The underlying first position is going to be in fine shape. But what's going to happen at the reset is the LPs are going to take a haircut uh, or they're going to stay in and get ridiculously low returns because the commercial financing is solid. There are 60% LTVs, the cash flow and all of that. But when the reset comes and LPs want their money back, they are not going to get it. Now, if, you had, if you're an wow. LP from four years ago, you're probably safe. But if you're going to LP now in most markets, unless you find the unicorn or rainbow deal, 
you're not going to get your money back. I'm sorry. That's an excellent summation of everything we just talked about. Ken McElroy was talking about that in one of the conferences I attended. He said he's not going out searching for deals. And a lot of us were like, oh, it's because there's no deals to be had. What you just summarized puts into, and I wish everybody could hear this, that puts into, and that brings to light exactly what I have seen on deals that have been sent to me and exactly what we're seeing in the marketplace. The returns that I'm starting to see Whereas Ken McElroy was giving us case studies of 180, 250, 270% ROI, where you get your principal back, but plus another 180% or 150%. We're now saying, I, I just seen a deal come across my desk for 90. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, like 90%. And it's, hey, I'll give you your, your, your principal back, but you're only going to get a 90% return. And what you're saying is these LPs who are now getting – 90%, whereas five years ago they were getting 200, they're now looking at getting, if they're lucky, 30 over the course of five to seven to 10 years. And that's not real great at all. No. And unfortunately, they're going to be given a hard choice in five to seven years that says, do you want to keep this money in here? Basically, there's going to be a gun to their head that says, you have to keep your money in here, else you're going to get 70 cents on the dollar. Jesus. It's, it's just going wow. to happen. And and again, it's because of the herd, the herd gets aggressive, the herd gets bigger, uh, but unfortunately the herd is running towards a cliff. And as a guy who owns some of that assets, I listed three of my apartment buildings for 30% more than they're worth. And two of them are in escrow, um, ready to close this month. Wow. Um, so I'll just sit back and wait. It's fine yeah. with me. Wow. Okay. So let's talk about, you just heard Michael give us a really, a really thought provoking really insightful look into what's going to happen in multifamily. Talk to us a little bit about how they can get more information, the stuff that you're putting out, your one rental at a time, uh, YouTube channel, podcast. Talk, tell us more about how they can get more of you. Yeah. So one of the things that, you know, again, I talk about that depression I went through after leaving the rat race. I knew I had to do something. And for me, whether I was leading complex teams or uh, hitting crazy sales goals, I was always focused on others. Um, it's just kind of who I've been since I was a teenager. And now what I decided to do is I wanted to give back. And I wanted to give back in a way that made me feel good and be right, impactful. Right. So that, yeah. start, that started with writing our story. I don't think our story is, I mean, it's not written in a way that is bragging or anything. If, if you've read it, uh, it is called One Rental at a Time. It is available on Amazon. But why I wrote it was, I remember being 30, going to an actual physical bookstore and trying to find a real estate investing book written by a person like me. And what I mean by like me is I had a day job that I loved and frankly was pretty good at. And I had no interest in quitting. It wasn't like I hated my boss or what I did or anything like that, right? I loved what I did and I was paid well to do it and was paid more to do it later. And, but I wanted to build wealth. I wanted to change my life. I wanted to get out of the rat race. All that stuff was important to me. Again, rich dad, poor dad, read the book if you haven't. Right, but, right, right. So I wrote the book, right? I, I documented our entire 15-year journey. I documented everything we did wrong. I talked about the crash, you know, the, the spy. I, everything is in the book, right? I'm, I'm no English major. It's just a sales guy's opinion, you know, written. So don't, you know, don't be upset if it's not the, the best written book ever. Uh, right, but right. it is our story. And I wrote it in a way that would be valuable in a hundred years because I wanted to create something that outlived me by a hundred years. 
So by writing Olivia and I's story, because real estate cycles are real, right? It goes up, it goes down. It was, it was written so you could read this book at any time. Uh, it just happens that to, you know, in today's environment, in 2019, it's very much like 2007. Uh, so it really resonates with folks. Right, uh, so I, right. I did that first. And writing a book was relatively easy. Editing a book was ridiculously hard. So that was the first thing we did. But that wasn't enough, right? Okay, you write a book, you write every day for 90 days, and you're kind of done, right? So what am I going to do next? Uh, I realize that a lot of people now don't go to bookstores, right? Again, I'm old. They go to this thing called, <laughs> they go to YouTube University. Right. Uh, so I, I, have no, I have no social media presence other than a LinkedIn page, which I use to, to recruit people for work. So no Facebook, no anything else. So I go, okay, let's figure this out. So I create a YouTube channel called One Rental at a Time. Everything I do is One Rental at a Time. My website's onerentalatatime.com. It's a single page. Uh, but I create this YouTube channel and I just start sharing our story. I create uh, something I call Real Talk, which is just my opinion about what's going on. I do walkthroughs of properties I own or thinking about owning. Uh, I, I'm asked to speak at conferences. So uh, I always record a dry run and share that with the world. Uh, what that's rolled to is is now we're over. I have over two thousand subscribers. Uh, I now do daily content, uh, which is fun. Uh, it, it allows me to feel like I'm contributing. And, right. Um, Absolutely. That's who I am, right? It's yeah. And again, the one thing we talked about apartments being the wrong answer today. But what what I didn't share there is single family housing is on sale uh, today. You can get thirty year investment loans under five percent if, if you're new. That's ridiculous. Yep. Go yeah. get that thirty year money. I would tell you housing is, is better and, and people don't believe me. I've done presentations and shown you numbers in my market, right? Actuals. I've taken a duplex, I've taken a fiveplex and I've taken a house and in today's market with today's prices and today's lending, the house wins. And it, that was, as we talked about earlier, for 18 or 17 years of my career, that wasn't true. Usually the five unit building wins, uh, but in today's environment, that's not true. So um, don't take this conversation that you've got to stop thinking about real estate. Uh, you just need to change your asset class. And today I Man. think it's housing. Yeah. So there's a saying, if everybody's going one way, you hmm. should probably consider turning the other direction and going the yeah. opposite way. And uh, everybody's chasing multifamily and you hit it on the head. There's a huge sale in single family. Not only that, with your tenure being eight years on average, there's some, we can, and we can go on and on and on about hmm. This, this because there's such stimulating conversation. There's a demographic shift that's about to happen where millennials, the oldest millennial right now was 35 years old wow. and 35, 36-ish. And they're at the point where either they have a kid or two and they're thinking about, we're the exception, but yeah. they're, thinking, <laughs> they're thinking about having another kid and, and they're, if their kid, they already have one, uh, their kid's about to start school. So they're now thinking either A, buy a house or B, move into a rental house that has a good school. And so mm -hmm. they're not in the space for getting another apartment right now. And if we look at that demographic shift along with how long it usually takes to come through a, a cycle of a recovery, if mm -hmm. we had a recession, right now those timelines mirror up for you to go out and buy a single family home versus an apartment building because in all mm -hmm. reality, my millennial generation is coming out of, I'm just going to go find another apartment. They're now into, I need to find a town home, a single family home, something where I can raise a family in and eventually buy, right? 
Mm-hmm. So anyway, onerentalatatime.com. Again, onerentalatatime.com. We just got the book. We started it one rental at a time. It's phenomenal content so far. And uh, we're looking forward to actually getting all the way through it because it's, like I said, it's relevant, it's timely, and it's real. And so anything else you want to throw out there that you could think of? I guess I would just tell people that, again, one of the things that you should hopefully hear in our stories is that real estate investing can really get you there. It's not a get rich quick thing. Um, but if you stay committed, you and your significant other are 100% on the same page. Just go back to our story of Norris Drive, how it began and, and share that story with your significant other and ask yourself, would you keep going? And if the answer is yes, then congratulations, you are on the same page. Uh, too many people I talk to are one of the spouses or one of the significant others is kind of in, kind of out. And the first time you run into a bad experience like we had on Norris Drive, um, a big, huge fight would explode and you'd never move forward. Uh, Unfortunately, bad things happen in this business, whether it's a deck or an AC or an eviction. Um, But if you stay committed, you stay focused, you you have reserves, you be conservative, you can absolutely leave the rat race. And again, this one rental at a time book documents, you know, one couple's journey. And if you want to see how it happened, buy the book. Thank you. That is so, so true. That is something that You know, it takes time to get in alignment, but that is key in order to be successful as a family. So we want to thank you for coming on the show. Phenomenal knowledge dropped, excellent content, uh, golden nuggets. We'll summarize it in the (laughs) newsletter. So if you're not subscribed to the newsletter, uh, definitely go to realliferoequity.com forward slash newsletter. Sign up for the newsletter. Every link for what Michael Zuber is working on will be in the newsletter. We'll put the link in there for Amazon. We'll put the link in there for his website, his YouTube channel, everything that he's working on. Because if you think this was good, just imagine being able to get this kind of content every single day. I just want to say he's speaking from a a giving back perspective. If you've ever studied Maslow's hierarchy of needs, he's on that, you know, esteem level where he wants to give back to and leave a legacy for other people. And so base level needs are met. You have to start finding other ways to to add and give, uh, create an impact. So thank you for uh, coming on the show and actually creating an impact with everyone that listens. You're very welcome. Thank you, uh, Justin and Keisha for having me. Thank you for listening to Real Life Real Equity Podcast. If you would like to ask the hosts a question or be exposed to our podcast audience, visit our website at realliferealequity.com and submit a request. Again, that's realliferealequity.com or send us an email at info at realliferealequity.com. Again, that's info at realliferealequity.com. Thanks for listening. And we'll see you next week right here on Real Life Real Equity Podcast.